Good morning, everybody. It's great to see everybody here today. I don't think anyone is here by accident. You're all here for a reason. Those of you who are online and those of you who are in the room, you were meant to be here. And it's great to see you. So once again, my name is Sarah. And I want to start by talking about introductions. Um, every, pretty much every friendship we have started with an introduction. Over the last couple of years, we've had lots of introductions. We, for those of you who don't know me, we moved here two years ago from England, not knowing many people. We've had many, many, many introductions, which have been great, and we've been able to get to know lots of people and had many, um, many people introduced to us. It's been great. We felt really welcomed. Um, on the subject of introductions, I will tell you a little bit about myself. I'm 41 years old. Uh, I have a brother and a sister. I am originally from Pennsylvania. I like a good cup of coffee. I like art. I like humming songs to myself while I'm going about my day. Uh, I have two kids. Uh, I like sunrises. I would say I'm probably more of a morning person than an evening person. What else can I tell you about myself? I, I love music. I love listening to music. What I don't like, I don't like to eat mushrooms. I don't like peppers. I don't re like really spicy food. And one thing I also don't like, these are all just random, <laughs> random things. I don't like it when people label each other and put each other in boxes. That really bothers me. Um, so those are just, the, that's a mishmash of some random things about me. Um, so saying these things, saying all these things about myself, you can, you can know random bits about me, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you know me. Um, let, me let me move on to something along similar lines. I've got a few props up here. I'm going to show you some stuff. And... Those of you who are here and those of you who are online, I want you to see if you can guess who, whose stuff this is. <laughs> some, of you, some of you will probably know straight away. Okay, so I have a mug, a flowery mug. I also have, and Eden and Esther don't say anything because they know, <laughs> I have a country living magazine. And I also have a mixing bowl and a spoon. That looks like this. Does anybody know whose stuff this is? Anybody want to take a guess? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, these things belong to my friend, Kara Tate. And the reason I'm showing them to you is because... I want to make the point that you can see the things that belong to a person and you can hear bits about them. And each of these things, they represent, 
things about Kara. She likes a cup of coffee. She likes to read Country Living. She likes to bake. That's not all there is to know about Kara. And if, and if I want to, I can go out for a coffee with Kara, which is much different than looking at her stuff. All that to say, we can know things about people, and we can see glimpses of people, but it's completely different than actually having a relationship with them. So I mentioned that we moved here two years ago. When we moved here, we moved into some apartments down the road. And we didn't realize when we moved into them that the one that we moved into is pretty centrally located in the building, and it's a great, great place for meeting people. And we see everything that goes on. And we, in the summer, when the weather was warm and the windows could be opened, and before the crazy time that we find ourselves in now, we met all kinds of people, and it was great. And it was really easy to just say, oh, come on over and come and sit with us outside. And, and um, I, I really like, you know, some gatherings would be spontaneous. Some would be ones that we planned. I really like planning stuff. Like, I like planning get-togethers with people. And... I like making an atmosphere. I like, I like thinking about who's going to be there and what, are we, what people are going to be eating, where they're going to be sitting, what it's going to be like. I love all that stuff. I love hospitality, and I, lo- I just love that. <laughs> but ironically, once people start arriving, sometimes I just want to hide. <laughs> and that sounds strange, but the introvert in me Sometimes I don't like crowds, but deep down, deep down inside, I know that we're all made for relationships. And even on my most introverted days, deep down I really want to be with people. And more importantly, I want to be with God. And we were all made for a relationship with him. Turn with me to the book of 1 John chapter 5. 1 John, chapter 5, verses 6 to 9. And I believe this is on the screen. This is the one who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. He did not come by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit who testifies, because the Spirit is the truth. For there are three that testify, the Spirit, the water, and the blood. And the three are in agreement. We accept human testimony, but God's testimony is greater because it is the testimony of God, which he has given about his son. So in this passage, we have Jesus being introduced as God's son by three things, water, blood, and spirit. 
We're going to go on a little journey this morning where we're going to go through each of these three things. And then we're going to move on to something else. Father, I ask that you would fill us right now with your Holy Spirit and that you would show us Jesus. Father, I ask that you would breathe on us with the wind of your Holy Spirit so that we can see Jesus for who he really is. Amen. Okay, so water. Water is about Jesus' baptism. Turn with me to the book of John, not First John, but the book of John, so just a little bit to the left. And this is also going to be on the screen for you. John chapter 1, verses 29 to 33. So this is where Jesus is baptized. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him. This is John the the baptizer. And he said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is the one I meant when I said, a man who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but the reason I came baptizing with water was that he might be revealed to Israel. Okay, so I want to focus on the first bit that John says, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So, interestingly, he says, the Lamb of God. And you might be wondering, why, why did he say that? I'm not going to ask you to turn there, but many of you may have read the story in the Bible about Abraham and Isaac. When, and I won't read the whole story, but I'll just, I'll summarize it. How many, who's read that story before about, okay, so a few of you have read it. So Abraham had a son called Isaac. Isaac was basically a miracle child, and Abraham waited a long time for him to be born. And then when he was a boy at some point, God asked him to take him up a mountain and basically give him away. And uh, Abraham did what God asked him to do. And the whole story is an amazing, amazing picture of Jesus and the way that God would give us Jesus. When you have time, I encourage you to go and read that story because it's just, as I was rereading it this week, I, was, I knew that, that it was a picture of Jesus, but some of the things in there I had never really noticed before. The bit I want to focus on is that... Abraham and Isaac got to the top of the mountain and Isaac had the wood strapped to his back and Abraham put him on the altar and at the last second, God stopped him. And then it says that, he, that Abraham looked up and in the thorns, he saw, actually, wait, I missed a bit. Let me back up. So they were walking up the mountain, and Isaac said, Dad, where's, where's the lamb for the, for the sacrifice? And, Abra- and 
listen to what Abraham said. He said, God himself will provide the lamb. They went up the mountain. They put the wood. Abraham put the wood on the altar. God stopped him. Then in the thorns, there was a ram. Now a ram is a male adult sheep. It's not a lamb. So that's not what Abraham was talking about. So it's clear that Abraham was not talking about the ram. So clearly he knew something else from another time. You don't have to turn here, but John chapter 8, I read this a couple of weeks ago and it blew me away because I had never read this before. It says, and this is Jesus talking. He's talking, he's in a conversation with a group of people and he said, Abraham rejoiced as he looked forward to my coming. He saw it and was glad. And in the Passion Translation, it says, the same scripture says, Abraham was overjoyed when he received the revelation of my coming. He foresaw me coming and was filled with delight. So that was, that was amazing to me. And then I thought, wait a minute, Isaac, the name Isaac means he laughs. That's incredible. So, the, so the, going back to the scripture that we, we just read about Jesus' baptism, when John said, look the lamb, those people would have, would have read and been really familiar with the story about Abraham. They would have known about the lamb that Abraham was talking about. They would have known. So when he said, look, this is the lamb, he was basically saying, look, this is the lamb that we've been waiting for. And then he said, who's come to take away the sins of the world. So he was announcing who he was and what he came to do. So that was how Jesus was introduced by water. Moving on. Also, when Jesus was baptized, God came, God said something too. And it's, this is going to be on the screen, but you don't have to turn there. God said, this is my son who I love with you, I'm well pleased. That's how he was announced by his father. In the New Living Translation, that verse says, you are my dearly loved son, and you bring me great joy. Okay. So we talked about water, about Jesus being introduced with water. Now we're going to talk about blood. So this is talking about what Jesus went through for us on the cross. Did you know that Jesus bled seven times on the cross? There's lots of, there's so many interesting treasures that you can find in the Bible that have to do with numbers. I'm not really that into math, but for those of you who are, one of the symbolic numbers of the Bible is the number seven. Seven means complete. It means completion. It means perfection. Jesus died and he gave all of his blood. He didn't do anything by halves. 
when he was on this earth. Number one, he bled in the garden. So some of you, many of you have probably heard this many, many times. When he was in the garden, he, he literally sweat blood. And he had a condition called hematidrosis, which is where your capillary blood vessels that are connected to the sweat, your sweat glands rupture, and they cause them to exude blood. And whenever somebody is under like extreme stress, emotional stress, or physical stress, this happens. He was in the garden, and he was arrested. And he knew what was about to begin. And he said, yes. Next, the house of Caiaphas, the high priest. He was, he was punched. His beard was pulled out. He was spat on. It says in Isaiah 50 and 52, verse 14, he didn't look human. See, you can read these words on a page, but sometimes we forget this is about a person and not just a person. But this is the one who loves us. And I'm reading this. And I want you to really hear, not just the words I'm saying, but knowing that this is for you. This is for me. This is for us. Hmm. He went to the palace of the Roman governor Pilate, where they put a crown of thorns on his head. He was whipped with a really horrible whip. It says in Psalm 22, Psalm 22 is, is a picture. It was written by David many, many years before Jesus, but it was a prophetic picture of Jesus on the cross. And one of the things it says is, I can count all my bones. And this was because he was whipped and his skin was literally ripped off. He walked from there to a hill where his cross was, where his cross would be. He, car- he was asked to, to, made to carry his cross. He bled all the way. And at one point, he, someone else carried his cross for him. He bled when they nailed his hands and feet. And number seven, after he had given up his last breath. And by the way, with his last breath, did you know? I mean, for him to even take a breath on the cross was so much effort. I just, I can't even... To stand here and tell you, it seems crazy to even try and explain it. But he said, it is finished. Did you know that he was thinking of you when he said that? After he was dead, his side was pierced and blood and water flowed out. 
turn with me to Isaiah in the Old Testament, chapter 53, verses 4 to 6. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. Did you know that the day that Jesus was, was crucified was Passover? So there were lots of people in Jerusalem for the Passover. And in the three hours that he hung on the cross, probably thousands of lambs were being slaughtered in the temple. Passover was a, was a feast, was an eight-day feast when the, the Jewish people are remembering God leading them out of Egypt and, and saving them from over 400 years of slavery. And it begins on the 14th day of the first month. And that was the day that Jesus was crucified. This is something Eden reminded me about. My daughter Eden, she said, I keep thinking about what the soldier said. There was, a, there was a soldier, one of the four soldiers that was at the cross who watched Jesus die. He, he was shocked at the events that took place when Jesus gave his last breath at three o'clock. There were earthquakes. There was thunder. People who were dead and buried got out of their graves and walked around. Um, the curtain of the temple was torn from top to bottom, and the soldier, who, one of the soldiers who was watching, said, this really was, it really was God's son. So even, even someone, even him, acknowledged who he was. Do you know what Jesus' blood means for you? It means, do you know what it, do you know what it means for your, for your soul, for, for, for our souls? It means that we're forgiven. It cries out, mercy, mercy, mercy. When accusing thoughts and accusing words are saying, guilty, 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 it says, forgiven, forgiven, forgiven. When we, when we ask God to forgive us, he, he, doesn't, he doesn't just, it's so full and complete, he, he forgets. It says in the Bible that he forgets and he removes it from us and that he never will ever remind us about it again. Isn't that amazing? He made a way for you to the Father. 
it means that you're not a slave anymore. It means that we can be in relationship with God. It means that we're not cursed. Galatians 3.13 said, Jesus paid the full price to set us free from the curse of the law. He absorbed it completely as he became a curse in our place. So curses can't touch you if you're in Jesus, if you're in relationship with Jesus, because he became a curse. He gave it all. He gave it all. There's nothing that he didn't give that, do, that isn't enough to cover. Okay. So we talked about Jesus being introduced by water. We talked about him being introduced by blood. And now we're going to talk about the spirit. Is everybody still with me? <laughs> okay. All right. So, the Holy Spirit. There is so much that can be said about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is one of the persons of the Trinity. There's so much that can be be said. He points us to Jesus. That's the main thing that he does. He's not he's no less in deity than the Father and the Son are. And I think it's really amazing when I think about the unity and the humility that are in the three persons of the Trinity because they basically reveal are constantly wanting to reveal each other. So the Holy Spirit points us to Jesus. Jesus points us to and represents the Father. The Father says, this is my Son. The Holy Spirit who makes it possible for us to hear the Father and to see the Son and it, the cycle just keeps going on and on and on and on, and it's beautiful. The Holy Spirit is the only member of the Trinity that is on the earth right now, and he has one job, and that is to reveal Jesus to us. So turn with me to the book of John, chapter 15, verse 26. Okay. When the advocate comes, and this is Jesus talking, when the advocate comes, whom I will send you to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. Jesus is talking about the Holy Spirit who he sent from the Father and he speaks truth and he tells about Jesus. So the Spirit basically said a big yes to Jesus being introduced by water and by blood and the Spirit said, he says, yes, this is true. We had the water that says, look, the Lamb of God, this is my Son, we have the blood. He laid down his life for us because he loves us. And we have the spirit showing us these things, making them real, and saying, yes, this is true.
one day we're all going to have to decide whether or not we're going to receive these, not just the words, but the person of Jesus. And some of us have already made that decision. There's no, we don't have any guarantees. Even leaving here today, we, we don't know what the future holds. We don't have any guarantees about our futures. This is the most important choice that you will ever make. And it's not about believing something in your head. It's not about hearing something and saying, oh yeah, that sounds good. It's not about doing the right things. But it's about receiving the person of Jesus. It's possible to know, G- to know about Jesus It's possible to believe him, to believe in him. It's possible even to believe that he can do miracles, but to not know him. So, for those of you who are in the room and those of you online, you might be sitting there thinking, I actually don't know Jesus at all. Um, Some of you might be thinking, I've been in church my whole life. I've done lots of churchy things. I know lots of stuff. But I don't know if I actually know him. And there might be some of you who do know him, but maybe you feel like you gotten a little bit distracted. Maybe you feel like love's kind of faded. Maybe love's grown cold. The way that you can know if you know Jesus is, is Jesus living his life through you? He wants to come and live inside of you. He doesn't just want you to know stuff. He doesn't just want you to do churchy routines. That's so unfulfilling. And it's just so not what it's about. It's so much more than that. Jesus came to give you life. And let me say, sin, it, it will kill you. It leads to death. And all of us, all of us, fall short, it says in the Bible. All of us fall short of his glory. And it's not just about, sin isn't just about bad stuff that we do. It's about, sometimes it can even be good stuff, but with the wrong motives. We all need, we all need Jesus. We need to be born again. So, I want us to just take a minute and if you can just close your eyes and just kind of forget what's going on around you and think and ask God what are you what are you saying to me Some of you are going to some of you are going to give your life to Jesus today and you right now are feeling 
oh, I know that's me. I know it's me. Some of you, let me just say, there is no shame. If you've like been going through the motions for a really long time, and if you're someone who's been here for a really long time, and, and, and you just don't know him, there's no shame. The important thing is that you meet him. So, I'm going to pray. And if you find yourself in the place where you say, you're saying, I don't, I don't know Jesus and I want to. Then, and it's, it's not about, like, it's not about a magic prayer or like a re- re- repetitious religious prayer. When you say it, say it from your heart. Say it, say it to Jesus. It's not it, the salvation. Your, your salvation is not in a prayer. It's in Jesus. He's the only one that can save you. If you're online, um, if this is you, just type Jesus in the comments. We'd love to be able to follow up. But before we do that, don't think about that yet. I'm going to pray. Heavenly Father, and pray, pray along out loud or in, in, your, in your heart, but, but just know that it's to Jesus. Heavenly Father, I come to you as sinner. Save my soul. Forgive my sin. Cleanse me with your blood. Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. I believe that you were buried. And I believe that you rose again from the dead. You're God Almighty. You're my Lord. And I believe that you're coming back. And that you're the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I give you my life. You are my Lord and my Savior. In the name of Jesus. Amen. If you pray that along with me. If you're online, type something in the comments. We'd love to be able to to chat with you and follow up with you. If you're in the room and you prayed that prayer, we we would love to chat with you. So in the foyer after after the meeting, sorry, in the back, um, there's going to be Adam and Maxine are going to be available. We'd love to give you some stuff and we'd love to chat with you and answer your questions. So come and come and see Adam and Maxine. Okay, the last thing I'm going to do is Jesus said that he would send us the Holy Spirit and to comfort us, to teach us, to remind us of all that he said. So if you just pray that prayer, I'm going to pray for you to to have the Holy Spirit. So Father, I thank you that you, you want to be our best friend. And I ask that the Holy Spirit would become our best friend and would empower us to live 
our lives for you. And you promised that you would give us your Holy Spirit and you're a good father. So I ask that you would give us your Holy Spirit and that you would baptize us in the Holy Spirit and fire. And I ask that that many people would come to you, Jesus, through the lives of, of these people who have just either committed their lives to you and met you or are coming back to you.